0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. we live.
1: It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. Follow us on Twitter at lockdown Hornets at Walker mail and at nod of the scribe. We got a Lamello ball article to get to Tyler Tynes of GQ. He talked about Lamello spent some time with him down here in Charlotte around the time that he was awarded the rookie of the year award. So we'll get to that article at, I think by the second segment of summer league takes us a little yeah. long, then we'll talk about that article a little more on tomorrow's podcast. Third segment. We want to talk about Malice at the Palace. Apparently, it was requ- requested of us, and you ain't got to ask me twice. <laughs> I'll talk about Malice in the Palace all day long if you want to. It's going to be damn hard for me to try not to talk about this the entire podcast because that's that's what I do right there. Malice at the Palace, 4 Indiana Pacers, that... That squad of Artés, Jackson, and Jermaine O'Neal—like, what kind of mad scientist brain did Donnie Walsh have when he said, "Yeah, let's put these three guys on a team"? That's what I want to roll with. I'll, I'll talk about that all damn day Agreed. if you want to. Nada.
0: Yeah, no, I'm here with that. Like, I'm here for that. I'm here from the lessons that, unfortunately, like, there's cer- certain criticisms that I do have of the doc that I've seen shared elsewhere <laughs> on Twitter, and we'll get into it, but. Like, I do think that it is an important doc, and I think it is something that every so-called NBA fan needs to watch. And I stress, every NBA fan, keyword fan, am I, try, am I being a little bit too, again, am I trying to overemphasize the point a little bit too much, Walker? Because I'm trying to say every fan for a reason is, is needs.
1: you're saying fanatic you want to use the word for every fanatic yes. you are trying to go to the root of the word it sounds like and i'm here for the after school special stuff no doubt about it i am going to go over the net with you a couple of different times and i'm here for it i'm also here for the fun of that convo i just Everything. Bring it. Bring everything to me with malice at the palace. It's I mean, I can't I can't wait to talk about that. But we have some summer league to get to first. We got to eat our vegetables. And so we'll do that. The Charlotte Hornets, they finished the summer league at a whopping zero and five. So great job over there in Las Vegas. The Charlotte Hornets, they get destroyed against the Chicago Bulls. This last game, they lose ninety nine to seventy four. They score a whopping also twenty eight points in the first half alone. (laughs) And Chicago scored 28 points in the second quarter. They didn't even need any other quarters to score 28. In fact, they scored 31 in the third. Either way, we don't really care about the wins and losses in Summer League. We care about the individual performances and just how everybody looks. So in this game, James Booknight did not play. He had a right foot injury that was listed for him. Verdon Carey did not play. He was he was out with a right calf injury. You also had Grant Riller uh, not playing because of a right shoulder injury, which is I mean, you know, garbage unfortunate in garbage for him out, he was bad. Yeah. Um, he was bad this summer league. We don't really need to talk too much about Grant Riller. He just did not look good at all. So, the guys that did play Kai Jones was the leading scorer, along with Scotty Lewis, a couple of draft picks from this most recent selection process. Scotty Lewis had 16 points off of the bench. Played 26 minutes, 5 of 11 from the field, hit the only three pointer that he took, also hit five free throws, which was nice to see. Four assists from Scotty, but also six turnovers from Scotty. Either way, uh, a nice, decent performance from Scotty Lewis, the second round pick. Kai Jones, also, like I said, he was the other leading scorer at 16 points, 29 minutes, 6 of 13 from the field, hit one of the two three pointers that he took, three of the four free throws that he attempted, nine rebounds. And then he had one block, three turnovers again, finishing with the 16 points. Uh, Kubolka had nine points, two of seven, uh, and those JT Thor, that, that's the other guy that we should mention, yeah. maybe along with LiAngelo JT Thor had 15 points, five of 13 shooting LiAngelo ball had his worst shooting day, three, uh, three of 13 from the field. Oh, of five from beyond the arc only finished with six points. So not a good finale for LiAngelo ball. Where do you want to steer this car? Nada? What do you want to talk about first with your overall summer league impressions and maybe Maybe even just this game.
0: You know what? I'm the, you know what? I hate to turn it, give it back to you right quick, but I have a question based on this summer league. And I asked this question on my, on my own Twitter account. Um, if you had to guess and take a gauge, who is the guy that's most likely on this roster or, or getting rotation minutes in the next 18 months? Is it JT Thor? Is it Nick Richards? Or is it Vernon carry? That, that'd be my first question because my answer for right now is probably J.T. Thor. And he even made a bigger impression on me last night, which I didn't think was possible. Like, Greensboro is getting a guy that's going to be very, very interesting going into their season. I don't expect J.T. Thor to help them this year. And I feel I feel that's the only guy that I feel confident is spending all year in Greensboro. That's the only guy. Uh, Kai Jones may spend some time in there. Uh, Vernon Carey may spend some time there. I hope Nick Richards spends all year there if he makes back after being waived. I honestly want, like, because that's the thing. I just wonder if you had to guess who would be the guy that's most likely on this roster and getting rotation minutes in 18 months because thus far for me, it's probably JT Thor. Who,
1: who's going to get Ross even between Vernon Carey and him because I think Vernon Carey has a chance to I mean get some minutes even pretty early on and it's especially just offensively with what he can do because right now clearly the more polished player out of all of them it's Vernon Carey offensively and it's not close. It and and so even defensively as far as where they know where to be. It's still probably Vernon. It, it's still Vernon Carey, in but my do you opinion. Feel as far as like
0: that is going to be the same way by the end of the season, and even into next season, the, uh, like the following season, the 2022-2023 season. Because if
1: well, they're going to exhaust every opportunity, certainly for Kai Jones to be that guy. Because you trade up mm-hmm. for him. So and, and Kai Jones has physical attributes that not a ton of people have. I saw Doug tweet this out that he's going to try to model his game after Giannis, which,
0: which I, I, fantastic. I get, I Look,
1: get. Hey man, if you, you've got the body and not too many people have that Giannis body. And if you want to try to explore that, feel free, attack the rim. Uh, you know, he's probably experimented with the shot a decent amount to maybe even beat him there. So I don't know what we'll, we'll see about Kai Jones. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the end of all of this, I I guess, you know, with some emphasis, you asking this question, I imagine being on JT Thor. Yeah, I I like me some JT Thor. You know, I I certainly do with his long wingspan, with his shooting touch. He goes five of five from the line as well. I think he hit a couple of three pointers in this, uh, not this game against Chicago, but the game before that finishing with 15 points. And this one can attack, had a nice dunk in this game as well. I can't wait to see what JT Thor will bring to this team. And he probably was the best value pick that they made in this NBA Agreed. draft. Like Kai at 19, you trade up for, but he was always going to be boomer bust. You know, he was always scary to select book Knight fell a little too far. I think most people thought he would go before then, but you get him at 11 and it's, it's decent value, right? Like it's, it's just probably not as good as getting JT Thor with a second round pick. And so for that value, people were maybe expecting him to jump all the way in the first and for you to need just athleticism also has a touch enough to shoot. He is so young and he already shows some skill. I think that's why I I'm really excited to see what JT Thor has in store going towards the future at
0: this point. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. Like he's the second most now actually no, like I'm excited for what book night's going to give and He clearly he's going to get rotation minutes. I'm
1: not well, just I was just talking about the guys you mentioned, you know, when you were asking that question.
0: But of but like, I'm not worried about like, there's a lot of this that I'm not necessarily worried about with Kai Jones either. It's just when you're telling me that this that that we're talking about Nick Richards, Vernon Carey, JT Thor, JT Thor showed me a lot. Now, granted, there was a lot of dirty work that Vernon Carey tried to do. And I still have questions about him on the defensive end. If he's just – he doesn't even have to be good at this point. I just want him to be, like, mediocre at defense. If he's just mediocre defensively, that's a win. He's just got to get there. And I'm not sure he's ever going to get to the point where he's just mediocre, where he's not a gaping wound in terms of just – I just want him to be – like I want good things for Vernon Carey because I think he can put the ball in the basket. I just don't see it actually happening, you know, Walker. I want to feel good about putting him on the floor, and it's just like he's going to be the mark on every single pick and roll when they put him in there, and you just see it happening, and I, I, I want to feel better about it. I really, really want to feel better about it, and I just I, I can't. And,
1: and and maybe and maybe you have look. Long term concerns, if you're just talking about the athleticism never allowing him to to be an elite defender and or even average defensively, then okay. Like I think he can be. But also I'll tell you in the meantime, if we're just talking about Kai Jones and JT Thor as as it stands right now, I you know, they were attacking in that Spurs game specifically that I can remember watching. You know, Kai Jones got attacked and put him in some pick and roll and he wasn't doing all that well defensively. Like he just, yeah, those guys need time, but clearly they've got the better athletic attributes to try to help out on the perimeter and in the post. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But um, yeah, I mean, I I can understand your concerns about Vernon Carey and we'll see how the big man thing shapes up, right? Because they've got a lot of developmental dudes. It's Vernon, it's JT Thor, Nick Richards, uh, you, you, have got a, a couple of different Kai Jones, obviously. Yeah. You've got a couple of different guys there. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's go to the roster. How we yeah. think the actual official roster looks going into next season, and then we'll see if we have enough time to get in the LaMelo article. We'll get to it tomorrow if we don't. But we got to talk about Malice at the Palace as well. Before we do all of that, Nada, tell the people about your favorite product that is now a part of the Locked On Podcast Network in Sweat fam, Block.
0: Fam, like you know what? I may have been Walker. I might have gone too far in saying for just for again Sweat Block is just for the Husky brothers. I was wrong. I'm just saying, if you happen to sweat a lot, you probably need to take a look at Sweat Block. Sweat Block sent us a good little package with deodorant, sweat wipes, everything. And I got to try the full entire roster of everything. And they have, dude, they have a sweat, like, lotion. They have a Sweat Block lotion, bro. It is beautiful. It is doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Works up to seven days per use, but if you're like me and you tend to be a little bit paranoid, you can use it up to three or four times a week. It is dry shirt, guaranteed. Fellas, you will not sweat through your shirt. And at this point, it's August in the Carolinas, or if you're somewhere else where it's just pit of hell hot, It, it again, it, you will not sweat through your shirt. They guarantee it. If it doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. It's been featured and tested on The Rachel Ray Show, By firefighters. It is the best seller on Amazon over the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, all positive, and is manufactured in the good old US of A. Remember, it allows you to wear what you want to wear. It's a great confidence. Again, if you're happening to speak in front of somebody, it is a great little secret to have to show that you are not nervous because when they see you sweat is when they see you lose. Most importantly, it is just a must-have for everybody's toiletry bag, just in case the AC goes out. But most importantly, if you know someone, if you yourself or someone else is dealing with this, tell them to check it out. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or at CVS.
1: Also, if you aren't necessarily worried about sweating through your shirt and you're worried about a little bit down south region, they got you covered there as well. And that's a big time added bonus from sweat block. That's all I'm going to say about that. Try it out. And you're also going to be dry down there as well. It's Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Hornets pod and the Locked On Podcast Network, I should say. We'll come back. We'll talk about the final roster coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets.
0: I do not like the mb2 nickname
1: that oh it's bad lamello come on man I mean look I I love everything else about you but the mb times two how in the world do you not like airbnb but you like mb times two I that's that's bad we can't allow him to create and that's the that's the the reason the rule exists you can't give yourself
0: your nickname you can't do that exactly this is as bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant
1: it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast GMs ask questions to find the right players like do they have ice in their veins or they clutch when you're hiring you can use indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills that you need when hiring gets hard you need indeed the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple just attract interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed. The moment. You post a sponsored job with Indeed Assessments. Choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills that you need. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent and do it fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed dot com slash locked that's get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked indeed.com slash locked offer valid through September 30th terms and conditions do apply all right when we take a look at how the final roster might shape up nada the big question is Leangelo ball that's what everybody wants to know I think there was even something written about him was that in the LA times or something like that or out west uh yes. Leangelo. Yes. Gets a lot of pub, man. He was the summer league darling. People want to see the other ball brother mm-hmm. find an NBA roster spot. And so some people think that it could be here with the Charlotte Hornets, and I know you have kind of hypothesized that that could certainly happen as well. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Yes. So, um, no, you I don't. don't? No, oh, I wow. don't.
0: Okay, yeah. Let, let, again so we going to have a we we so we have in the debate over the 15 right now i, I,
1: I we we talked about fits. this a little too i believe the last time we recorded i just don't know did, who you're yes. going to cut at this point in order to make room for leangelo to make that final roster spot so we can go down the list of some of the guys that we know are absolutely going to make it so let's try to count this out a little bit as i'm trying to pull up the, the hornets roster right now you you're going to have LaMelo. You're going to have LaMelo ball. He's going to make it right. So Terry Rogier, Gordon Hayward, miles of bridges, course. Mason Plumley, PJ Washington. That's six. Kelly Oubre is Smith. I'm at six, eight right now. Seven James book Knight is right nine. Now. I'm going Jalen McDaniels 10. Mm-hmm. Then you, and then you have yeah, the other guys like Kai Jones. That's 11. Okay. So now we're at 11. Okay. Then we get to the two-way contracts that are already taken up with Arnaldus Kuboka and Scotty Lewis. So we're at we we can get to seventeen and we're at thirteen right now. So let's mm-hmm. get the four other ones. Now you've got Wes Awundu, Gary. JT Thor, a Vernon Carey, and a Nick Richards. Before you get to a LiAngelo ball, not to mention Cody Martin. And Cody Martin is the guy that Cody Correct. Just got and that's exactly team. why Cody Martin is going to be a lock. And I wanted to save him because I know people were saying, what about Cody Martin? We don't need him anymore, but he's guaranteed. Go, Cody. Well, yes, Cody Martin is going to be that guy. So now we have 13 with Vernon, Carey, um, a JT Thor and a uh, Wessa wound And those guys listed in there. And, and I just, I, who is LiAngelo ball taking the spot over? I, I, and Nick Richards is guaranteed money. Nick Richards. So
0: Nick Richards, I, f- I feel like it's got to be Richards if it's going to happen. I feel like it is got to be. Like, I'm not sure that you can afford to keep four guys. Here's my concern with anybody saying Nick Richards is going to take the spot. I'm not sure that Nick Richards is good enough to keep LaMelo Ball off the roster, even if it is guaranteed money. That's that's a sunk cost fallacy to me. Like, you're going to eat that money anyway, and most likely you can cut him and still bring him back and play him in Greensboro and put him on uh, and sign him to a Greensboro contract. That's not going to be the issue. I really don't see how you can afford to keep a guy that can potentially shoot 35, anywhere from 35 to 38 on an NBA roster, on an NBA team, from 3 especially on this team that already has some shooting woes. I think I start with Richards. I don't I don't I don't think you can cut Carry and after that I, it gets kind of I But just,
1: even I'm with Nick run. Richards, I mean, that's still you still need another person for him to jump, right? Like that, a may be the guy. So, but, but you have to, but, but that and that. This is my point, though. Like Wes, he can't maybe. He's got to be. You know what I'm saying? Because if he's going to make yeah. the 17 roster, then that means a woundu, Nick Richards, bye bye. LeAngelo Ball is going to enter it because Cody Martin was the guy that people were trying to figure out. Okay, are they going to waive him? Is it going to be both no. of the Martin twins? But no, he just got his contract guaranteed. Hornets aren't going to guarantee his contract and then wave him. Like that's just not, it's yeah. not what they're going to do. And then Nick
0: It's bad asset, man. Well,
1: and then is and then who are they more invested in? Are are they cool with just getting rid of Nick Richards? And that that might make some sense, right? Because now you got Thor and Kai Jones, but it's got to be two players that he goes over. And and that's the hard part about all of this. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And that's why I don't think he makes the Charlotte Hornets roster at least the 17 man with the two ways being involved with the other 15. And And it's not that I'm hating on him. Look, here's the thing about LiAngelo. I actually think he played a lot. I, he played a lot better than I thought. I thought it was, yeah, I he thought did. it was, he's, he's I surprised. thought it was solely because of his last name and it still probably was to some certain extent, but he played a lot better than I ever expected him to. And that's, that's a hundred percent. I'm, you know, tip of the cap to what LiAngelo was able to do. Was it good enough to take a roster spot from the other guys that have either, you know, been invested in via draft pick or you know actually have some semblance of nba basketball like a wessa woundu and cody martin in this case so i just that that's that's my problem not i don't think liangelo ball is going to make it over any of the players that we listed
0: I, i the only guys i feel confident that they would probably if they had to make this decision right now and they don't the only guys i feel confident about them cutting in spite to get to that roster to 17 and LiAngelo Ball, and he's probably got to continue this for at least one or two games in preseason. Probably Awundu, probably Nick Richards. And I think those are the two guys. Outside of that, I don't, again, you're right. He's got to, he's got to do a lot. And I would argue, and there are probably people saying, why aren't we talking more about Cody Martin? Cody Martin's at worst your second worst second best perimeter defender at worst. You need those kind of guys. You need those guy, kind of guys that on a team that really doesn't defend all that well. So when we have these discussions, like, and and I guess this is where me and you have kind of seen it eye to eye, like, Cody Martin was never going to be the guy that they were really going to cut, or at least I didn't see it that way, because this this team lacks perimeter defenders, and it never made sense to have – Cody Martin be the guy that sacrifices even if he's a one way guy because you have so many guys that go one way the offensive way and I think and this is something I tweeted about last week like I'm going to make it my mission to to have people understand that just because you can only defend doesn't mean necessarily you are a bad player we did this with Biz and despite the fact that Biz was an offensive liability his defense and his rebounding Counted for a lot, especially for a team that was really bad at blocking shots at the rim and rebounding. He, he did a lot of good things. The same could be said for Cody Martin and what he contributed on the defensive end, being probably the best Individual one-on-one perimeter defender on that team that last
1: year. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't a hundred percent sure that Cody Martin was going to make the team. Um, I just thought he was going to make it over Ali Angelo. Like I was interested to see what was going to happen with him. But again, they guaranteed his contract and they value him enough. And especially like it kind of goes into what James Brego had been saying, how much. He constantly champions Cody Martin the same way you do defensively after some of these games and why Cody will get some of these minutes. Um, you know, so I expected them to keep them because of the way that James Brago felt about him, the way that he kept getting minutes. And also uh, it just, again, uh, since the news that we got regarding his contract. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back with one more segment and let's talk about the malice at the palace documentary that's coming up here in just a moment on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place. Not a Funk Master Flex. Shout out so, to
0: him. Again, Walker. How old are you again?
1: Uh, I am 28 years old.
0: <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. This episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So, why do you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and it's a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. And you can go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right lock on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right let's talk about the malice at the palace doc mm-hmm. it was requested yes, of us you uh, said not our,
0: our boy mckinley uh decided yeah he wanted a after school special on this one and you know what we are nothing if not charitable <laughs> and again especially when you lob softballs to us we love when softballs are lobbed because then we can just knock it out the park and call it a day don't you think walker
1: uh, that's fine with me. This is what I wanted to talk about. So this was a documentary, I guess that was released last week. I believe it's trending on Netflix. It was one of the top ten, I think, things that people are watching right now. Um, Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson, Ron Artest—they're all interviewed about the day November nineteenth that took place at the Palace of Auburn Hills. The malice that took place there, and it was insane when it happened. Not—I believe I was in sixth grade when it took place and when it happened, even then I remember ESPN continuing to show it on a loop. That's all they talked about. And I, here's what I think real quickly, we'll get to your points first. I think when you talk about the fan side of this, what I do think the doc did a doc did a good job of was just bombarding you with clips of analysis to show how frequently, how much people were talking about this as if the NBA players were thugs, yeah. right? They All they did was show clip after clip after clip after clip, and that might get annoying and you want to move on from the montage. But I think they did a good job of just infiltrating the documentary so much with all of those clips. It's like, no... You know, Donnie Walsh said it here, too. It's not even just the amount of people that were saying those types of things about these players. It's the stature yep. of those people. And so you saw the the kind of cachet that those names would bring throwing the word thug around. I mean, you know what hurt? Like, hearing Bob Costas say that, you know, say the word thug. It's like, man, you know, that's that's Bob <laughs> Costas. It, like, he's the one throwing that out there. And then again, that's just one example that's what I thought the doc did a good job of along with clearly being player sided, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm so 100% cool with that. Like I don't mind the lens that this documentary viewed this particular incident in. Um, but I thought that was a good portion. I thought that was a good factor in how the documentary
0: honestly, Walker, this is the moment where media changed. If we're really honest, the way that the NBA was covered, changed fundamentally because people could say whatever they wanted about NBA players at that point and realize that hey that gets a response so we can use all the coded like you think about it like this you had guys like Woody page saying what they wanted at that point at out of cold pizza it wasn't even first take at the point it was cold pizza and I know you remember cold pizza a little bit
1: there are I do certain, absolutely there are certain
0: listeners that remember that
1: so that was actually he, kind of like a breeding ground for some of the better person not better personalities, but more prominent. What Woody Page. Yeah. Was it I think Michelle Beadle was she on that? Michelle
0: Beadle uh, was like I th-
1: Colin Cowherd, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong about some of that stuff. I, I don't know. It, it may, Sports Nation, I know, Sports had Nation, both of yes. those personalities. Um, either way, c- continue. But, I, there's no reason to talk no, about no, cold th- pizza. No, th- no, there is.
0: There was. I brought it up. It's my fault anyway. <laughs> but what, the thing I would probably point out is the way we change about players changed after that because Jamie Horowitz, who was the producer of Cold Pizza and then First Take, basically realize that it's open season on the NBA and we can talk about these guys in any certain way and it doesn't necessarily matter because... And mind you, this is with the ABC and ESPN having the media rights. And if you can talk about these guys in any specific way and this, that, and the third, then you can, like, whenever an NBA player does something that we don't like, then we could just sick skip on them or stick, stick Stephen A. now, like... The clear pattern of delineation of how the NBA has fundamentally been covered starts here. And the one thing that I really, really agree with Howard Bryan of um, Metal Ark Media at this point, one thing I absolutely agree with him on is that this chain, like, the media doesn't get enough of the blame for this. How we cover stuff is fundamentally changed. I don't. Again, and it's a lot of the, the stuff that you don't like about, again, about NBA coverage started here. The dress code started here. And, like, a lot of the stuff that the NBA currently does starts here. And I really want people to understand that if you take a look at, honest look at how we, lo- how we look at the players, how we look at contracts, how we look at the decision, like... I don't think, like, say what you want about what LeBron did. How we look at the decision right now is probably tainted by how everybody went in on NBA players. We, essentially, the NBA and the media allowed the racism to jump out for six, seven years until LeBron said, yo, we're not really taking this anymore like, after the decision, and then started a lot of this player empowerment movement. But we have to remember that a lot of the player empowerment movement started because of what the media did here, unchecked, and never really, like, was introspective about it, and probably still isn't introspective about it now. So at this point, like, when we talk about this, I really just want people to think about the media that they're consuming and when did it change? And if you start to look at when it changed, you'll probably start looking at this point right here. The only other thing that I would say that, and I will leave it at this Jamal Tinsley got thrown under the bus for starting that whole thing. And I feel so bad.
1: I don't think so. I think Steven, Oh yeah. He had just like one feature in there. You think that was them throwing him under the bus?
0: Well, no, here's the thing. He got thrown under the uh, – again, because, again, they say Jamal Tinsley started the whole thing. Jamal Tinsley started the whole thing. And then you're not even going to give him a clip. You're not even going to allow him to get in. There they, they said like, –
1: they said, no, Stephen Jackson, <laughs> it was one of my favorite. One, Stephen Jackson – As far as an entertaining standpoint goes, Stephen Jackson was the best interview that they had on this documentary. Ron Artest was so interesting just because he bears all, right? Like he is so vulnerable and that's kind of the new identity of Ron Artest. He allows you into what he had been thinking his entire NBA career. He's been vulnerable for a while, right? Like you can even see that clip when he wins the championship with the Lakers, one of the first things. He thinks about after winning a championship, not even an hour beforehand or afterhand, I should say. It's Ron Artest saying, "I'm really sorry to uh, have not won a championship with the Pacers, and I left like a coward, and I feel really badly about that." And so he continues to talk about that even a decade later. But that Jamal Tinsley thing, you know, Stephen Jackson mentions Jamal Tinsley goes to Ron Artest and says, "You can get your foul now," and then Stephen <laughs> Jackson's like, "What?" Well, why Ron, Artest does not need a battery in his back to do something crazy. And I thought that was hilarious because it's so true. I mean, we, it's true. And, and, and it's Jamal true, saying that, and, and then, and then Steven Jackson saying he didn't play defense on Ben Wallace. Ron says, yeah, I didn't want him to get the layup. That, that was it. Yeah. I didn't want him to. Yeah. And boom, all of that happens.
0: Like, that's the thing. I'll, 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 I'll understand certain part, points of this, but like, That was, to me, at least, when you start talking about guys that are are not allowed to defend themselves, I really, 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 really wish we got Jamal Tinsley's side. Like, we're going to see some, like... Like, here's the thing that I'm afraid of, Walker. We're going to see Jamal Tinsley outside some... Because I think Tinsley's back in New York, if I'm not mistaken. Like, this is one of those... Like... So Tinsley, we're going to get something from Tinsley like, yo, I wasn't interviewed. I wasn't given a chance to give my thoughts on this. It's that and the third. That's my fear because this is a really good doc. But if they really didn't allow Tinsley or they cut his parts of the documentary, like, I feel kind of bad because then you're not telling the full story. And I understand that this doesn't necessarily have to be fully vetted. But at the same time like that's an important part if you're going to throw that on on tens and yo let him talk please Please, that's all I'm saying. And maybe this is just me, a fellow New Yorker, trying to defend another New Yorker. Uh, yeah,
1: I did not expect the Tins talk to be this prevalent when we were going over Malice at the Palace. And I'm here for Jamal Tinsley, which, by the way, yeah, he is from New York. You know, this is somebody that was down to do something crazy as well. Like, there are stories about Jamal Tinsley hanging out outside with that Pacers team. You know, there, there are plenty of stories of what this Pacers team. Uh, a couple of these guys were doing off of the court. And Steven Jackson, I believe, has shared those a couple of times. Jamal Tinsley has been in the mix a little bit. So I would have liked to have heard him interviewed. I didn't expect him to be the subject of all of the malice at the palace talk.
0: Well, fair enough. Fair enough. There's also a part of me that really, really just, like, again, respects Jamal Tinsley for what he is, a, a, a playground, New York playground legend all that. Um, also, the other thing. Is that Ron Artest, man, like, the one thing, like, Ron Artest should have been Kevin Love or DeMar DeRozan 10 years ago if we bothered to listen, and we didn't, Mm -hmm. and we didn't understand mental health. I think that's the other thing that that I took away from it was we're talking about a dude that really just was misunderstood, needed medication, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I feel like that's part of... That should be part of the discussion going forward is maybe we need to be better about mental health even now. Well,
1: you're right. Ron Artest could have been that guy. I don't know if Artest was ready to lead the charge at any point. And, you know, it's tough to go back in hindsight, having not done the research on the exact dates. I I did reference Ron Artest mentioning how badly he felt of being a coward, calling himself a coward, Jermaine O'Neal and Steven Jackson doing that in these interviews as well. But Ron Artest, it clearly was somebody that when he, when he talks about, Hey, when I was stepping on the court, you know, I trust that that's the only thing that I could trust. And when he mentioned going mano a mano with somebody on the block or on the court, however, on the post block, by the way, You know, when he mentioned that, he's like, hey, you know, I'll die right here. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, that's not somebody to be messed with. And then what's crazy is the fact that Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, and I guess to a lesser extent, Jermaine O'Neal all end up on the same exact team. And I guess to your point, Jamal Tinsley being there, it's no small thing. Like, you know, for for him to be there as well, I guess that does deserve some mentioning. But for all of those guys to be on the same basketball team and then, you know, Ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace to end up on the other team and then to put them on a court. Yeah, it's no wonder, man. Like it's I'm, yeah, it's it, yeah, And Look, yeah. this is the fans fault. We can go to the John Green throwing the cup and him being the worst villain. You know, that guy. Just embracing, being being the person that threw the cup to start this whole thing, and saying comments like I should have put my foot out there to trip Ron Artest. I felt relieved when he passed me and started.
0: Yo, that cow!
1: Oh, dude, he was the worst. Uh, yeah, he was the worst, and so was his dad. You know that guy that you know said what Jermaino did was a B move. You know, coming in with the sliding punch. Um, you know, clear the fans are awful in all of this. And and, and here's the one thing I'll say too. It's I I feel like we didn't pay attention to the guy shielding Ron Artest going through the tunnel alongside Reggie Miller as he's Yo, getting bombarded with beer. God bless that man. And I hate that he didn't get one mention. And I, I wish I could find who that was. And I couldn't recognize him. You know, growing up in Pacers fandom, this team is one of my favorite teams of all time, along with the 2000 Pacers team and the championship. And also, you know, the Oh one, right. Just the, the more success stories that you had when you're growing up with your teams. And, uh, and so, you know, I could recognize a Mel Daniels pushing Ron, Artest, you know, when they're trying to go back (laughs) to the, like, I could recognize some of those characters, but I couldn't recognize the guy that is just all over on our test, trying to cover him from all the beer and the popcorn and anything people could get their hands on being thrown at him. I thought that was a moment that I wish we would have been enlightened on who that is. And Reggie Miller yeah. being on the other side of that goes to show, you know, Reggie. Reggie was certainly loyal too. Like he was going to take care of his own as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like that dude deserves the Homeboy Hall of Fame. <laughs> he does. Like that. Like first friggin ballot and granted hopefully like his ballot has come up but he's first ballot homeboy hall of fame because you know what he did he kept ron from killing somebody that night and again and it's funny you bring up the fans part because the fans thing is something that we're seeing happen more and more again uh, we just saw it literally i want to say at a football game like the Rams game where you saw that one dude take on four dudes and it all started by a woman throwing a cup in the, in the stands, starting everything. Like we're headed to a point of fan resentment again, towards these athletes. We've seen it with, with Westbrook. We've seen it with other people. We've seen it again. We've seen it with NBA crowds. But,
1: but here, and it here's is, what I like though, Nada. It's the fact that, and you're, you're right to discuss how malice at the palace, it changed everything. As far as NBA coverage, trying to scrub the quote unquote dirtiness of the image of the league, get the dress code in there, go a lot harder on these punishments than what the outside world did to the players, right? With the NBA suspending Ron Artest the whole damn season. Jermaine O'Neill, 25 games. I believe it was Steven Jackson who got 30, you know, the NBA David Stern. He said, yeah, it was unanimous. It was a one Oh <laughs> decision. I mean, David Stern is the yeah. best for that and the worst, but David Stern having complete power over to do that. I, I, I do like how the subject of conversation regarding fans, we are hearing a lot more conversation protecting the players. Sure. Fans don't agree with that. You know, people that consume this might not agree with it, but as far as how media covers this, the radio talking points, the, the popular take is how are there ways to protect the players more so from hearing the racial slurs and then expecting them to just take it and not act in a human way? You know, it, it dehumanizes black people when we say you just got to sit there and take it when these racial slurs are hurled at you and you can't go into the stands. And I don't think we're getting that anymore. I think a lot of the times we are hearing conversations. How do we protect these players? Clearly there's a lot of people that consume this that don't agree with it. That's not, I'm not saying that, Oh yeah, we're all clear. All the fans are, you know, really conscious of that because they're absolutely not. But the media wasn't talking that way back then. You know, it was all about how bad the players were, how they were the problem. They were more culpable than what the fans were for going into the stands and then inciting all of that fight. But now we're saying, well, no, these fans can't just buy a ticket and do whatever the hell they want to acting reckless because they paid money and they feel they're entitled to treat the players like absolute bleep. And so I, I feel like that conversation is more prevalent.
0: Oh, no, that, that absolutely is. And again, it's not like Charlotte doesn't have its own little incident. Hey, purple short guy who was essentially enabled for the better part of his season. And then until it basically came back to came back to bite Charlotte in the ass, quite literally. Um, I would say that the, it's just one of those like if you didn't come away with as a fan, if you did not come away from that documentary like, hey, maybe I should rethink how I root and cheer for these teams, then you know what? Quite honestly, you need a long look in the mirror, and you need to say, am I part of the problem? Uh, and how can I be a better fan? The, the, other, Start.
1: the other two Charlotte spins I want to put on this very quickly, so I know we're talking about this a lot. Steven Jackson, um, Steven Jackson discussing how loyal he is. The first comment mm-hmm. that he yells as soon as he gets into the tunnel with his shirt off, he said, we ride together, fam. There it's just, it's something you can gravitate towards so easily. And he also showed with the Charlotte Bobcats when he was here, like wherever he goes, Dude. that's your family now more so. And and it doesn't matter. You know, Steven Jackson was coming out. He was saying, yeah, like I was, I came in happy. I was like, yeah, I, I showed up for my brother that went into the stands. You know, he's the first one and he might've had the best punch in all of that. If we want to talk about that. Like, I think maybe the best punch thrown in Malice at the Palace was Steven Jackson seeing a beer thrown onto Ron Artest. When he was in the stands, boom, (laughs) got him. I think that might have been the best landed one. But also, I felt like the Leo DiCaprio gif on Twitter where he's pointing at the TV (laughs) when Steven Jackson says, I make love to pressure. I feel like that was all Charlotte Bobcats fans pointing. Hey, hey, he said that here. He said that here. Yes, he did. We we felt recognized.
0: Yeah. No, we did. You know what though? You know who else didn't get a shot out? And mind you, took a mighty ass whooping in that stance? Fred Jones. Yes. Where's yes. Fred Jones? Hey. Where's Fred Jones? Look at in this?
1: you. You are caping for the underappreciated pacers yes, that I had am. some kind of role. Uh, but yeah, Fred Jones was involved, man. Yeah, he he got in there a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, again I want to know where Fred Jones is I want to talk to Samson okay, okay. I want to talk to Fred Jones I want to talk to J- I want to talk to Jamal Tinsley we have underrepresented pacers hell we didn't even get to talk to Mike Brown who looks like what who's now become Forrest Gump of the NBA if we're really keeping it a buck too I, I can't like, <laughs> Mike Brown all up in the video that's right
1: that's right he really is I'll tell you this too uh what if I told you I know exactly f- what Fred Jones is up to so A year and a half ago, right? Or I guess two years ago for Christmas, uh, I went to a basketball clinic that is high tech that has a bunch of these big-time screens that allow you to throw the basketball at the protected screen as far as target practicing goes, right? So you've got, you know, targets, you throw the passes to it, bounce passes, chest passes. Um, Then it gives you certain drills to work out with on the court. I forget what it's called, but Fred Jones owns it. And as soon as you walk Mm -hmm. into the, the arena, or not even the arena, as soon as you walk into the gym it's got his slam dunk champion award right to the right of it. Uh, As soon as you enter and uh, my sister would go to that clinic (laughs) and be involved in some of the basketball drills. So Fred Jones (laughs) still repping Indianapolis, at least to a certain degree. And I went there and I checked it out uh, two years ago. So that's what Fred Jones is doing (laughs) in case you wanted an update (laughs) on what Fred Jones doing. Um,
0: All right. Last thing, last thing before we got to go, because I know we spent like 20 minutes on this (laughs) and people are probably going to be really, really upset at us. But um, Adrian Wojnarowski pointed out that the schedule and the national games are going to be released tomorrow. One of the games that is going to be released uh, that's leaked for Christmas Day, Trey Young versus the Knicks.
1: There you go. Playoff uh, playoff battle once again, just like what we saw earlier this year. That'll do it. We'll talk about maybe the schedule that's coming out tomorrow we'll talk a little about that lamello article that we did not get to and instead took all of our time on the malice at the palace dock. thanks again for joining us locked on hornets a part of the locked on podcast network make sure you tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on nba hollinger and duncan really any show on the Lockdown podcast network have a great day and we'll be back with you tomorrow